0: are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Will Holdren and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Will Power Podcast. Hey. No way we go is a we is a How's everyone? My name is Will Holdren, and I am the host of the Will Power Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, and her name is Kathy Gazzo. And Kathy has been a realtor for over 20 years, and currently she's an EXP realtor that is based out of the Maryland market. So it's an absolute honor to have her on here today. So Kathy, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on the show. I, I appreciate you asking me.
0: I appreciate I love talking with realtors and kind of figuring out why they chose this industry in the first place and kind of how they got to where they are today. Uh, so my first question for you that I ask all my guests is what was your childhood like and how has it helped turn you into who you are today?
1: interesting. So I had a great childhood. I grew up in the New Jersey suburbs. Um, We, I spent a lot of time outside running around, playing baseball down on the cul-de-sac with all the kids on the block, Um, tree forts in the woods, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what I was really into, playing in the creek. Um, I was, oh, a little shy. I, I'm an introverted person, so I was probably a little bit shy. I was a good student, you know, went to elementary school, was a good little girl, did everything I was supposed to do, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but, but you yeah, know, really had a, I had a great time, I had a really good childhood. Um, my um, extended family, my mom came to the country from Italy when she was in her 20s. With her whole family. So I have this big extended ethnic family, Italian family. My dad was first generation American Italian also. So I have all this Italian heritage too. And my mom was kind of, you know, growing up in that culture, you know, changing that culture gap when from the Italian culture, she was supposed to be a homemaker and take care of everybody to more the American culture where she wanted to go out and work and be more ambitious. And she kind of bridged that gap. She was a really um, exceptional woman. So she was a great role model for me, a really great role model for
0: me. Yeah, very cool. And so you also mentioned that you were introverted kind of growing up. And it's interesting to me now that you're in real estate, because obviously like it's known for like the extroverts and all that kind of stuff. But like you said, like introverts can also be successful in the real estate industry. Um, so when you were growing up, did you always want to go into real estate or do you have other aspirations?
1: No, I, I had other aspirations. I was kind of all over the place. I was a very strong in math and science. I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I thought I you know wanted to do that kind of work. I was a musician, so I thought I wanted to do um, music. I did study to be a sound engineer and I worked in studios in New York City when I first got out of school for just a wow. short time, um, and then I kind of took a circuitous route and ended up doing some software, software design, database administration, software engineering kinds of work. Gotcha. Very.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, how did you yeah. end up in real estate then? Because obviously, that's such a drastic change from like being a software engineer and doing stuff in the music industry. So how'd you end up in real estate?
1: It's, it's actually a really big change. And for me, it was um, based on my life situation. I was married, I had two little kids, and then we divorced. And so in this, in the field that I was in working in computers, it was very demanding. And it was working. 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And, you know, I had these two little kids and I had taken time off when I was working from home and just doing some side jobs. And now as I was separating from my, you know, from my ex-husband now, I needed a full-time job. And I knew I didn't want to go back to that, which would take me away from my kids so much of the time. So I started looking at alternatives. And first I thought I was going to become a mortgage broker because I said, oh, I'm good with numbers. I'll work in mortgages. Right. But I had a girlfriend who was an agent and I told her what I was thinking. And she came flat out and told me that she thought that was a very that was a stupid idea, basically. And she said, You should just become a realtor. Wow. And that's what I did.
0: Wow. <laughs> Look at that. And twenty years later, who you are. You know? Yeah. 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 That's pretty awesome. That's that's awesome. Congrats. Um, so like when you made that switch, obviously you were used to having that corporate job doing that nine to five lifestyle. Now entrepreneurship comes into play, becoming a realtor full time. And you know, you gotta cut, like, it's kind of scary cause you don't have those guaranteed paychecks that like, you got to work for you earn. So what was that transition like for you? And were, were you scared at all? Like making that huge jump without having any like pay coming in every week? Like, what was that like?
1: You know, that, that was definitely scary. And, um, I, I think I was fortunate because I had some buffer and I had some support so that, you know, I had probably about a year's worth of buffer that I thought, well, I can, I can live for a year if I have to, as I'm starting this business. And it didn't take me that long for my first deal, but, you know, I had that buffer. And so that I was very fortunate. Um, and, but then it just worked out. And, you know, and there were times when I was worried about it and I thought, oh my gosh, What am I going to do next year or next month or next fall? Where's the money going to come from? But I always found that if you back down to the current moment and you do what's in front of you, you do the next right things that you have to do for your business, everything just kind of falls into place. It's kind of funny because I remember when my oldest son was in high school. Now he is out of college and working, but when he was in high school, One day we were sitting around the dining table and I was a little bit worried about um, sort of my pipeline. It wasn't it wasn't big enough at that time. I didn't think. And I was like, oh, you know, we're going to have a cash flow crunch if my pipeline doesn't then. And I was voicing some of this and he just looked at me because, you know, he'd been watching me do this since he was three. And he just looked at me and he said to me, oh, mom, it always works out. You know, it does. Don't worry about it. Huh. And it was so funny because, you know, those are the kinds of things that I would tell him as his mom. But it was so funny to have him parrot that back to me. And and he was right. That's exactly right. So wow. it, was, it was very nice. Very
0: yeah. <laughs> I must admit, you're, you're teaching him something right then growing up. So <laughs> I guess so, right? <laughs> Doing something right, yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that you always want to take the next right step. And it's always just one step in front of another instead of looking at the end goal and thinking about, how hard it's going to be to get there to take that next right step. And so when you were first starting out in your first couple of years, like as an agent, like what are those right steps that you should be taking, trying to get your business off the ground? Like what are the money-making steps that you should be taking as a newer agent?
1: Well, I think that the thing that you really want to do is make sure that everybody knows that you're in real estate. Everybody that, you know, everybody that knows, likes, and trusts you, right? That's, that's what you're looking for. And just let them know that you're in real estate and remind them. And remind them and it doesn't have to be in your fit in their face and it doesn't have to be really salesy. You just want to be top of mind. And I, I really think that's the most important thing. And that's really what I like to do today. You know, and I follow up with my clients. And when I close a deal, you know, if I really look at who was this client and did we have a really good fit? And was it. Um, not only successful, but was it, did I enjoy working with this person? Did they enjoy working with me? And those are the people that, you know, I really make an effort to stay in touch with them and to be of service to them and to look for referrals from them. And they refer people to me. And then it grows in ways that work for me because if they liked my services, chances are the people they refer me to will also be a good fit for my business and how I can help them. And and that's really the best place to start. It's not the easiest place to start. It's not the fastest start. But I think that's the best place to start. And then other than that, I would do things in your community, maybe pick up a farm. Um, I still do mailings. I still do postcard mailings. Lots of people don't do postcard mailings. They're on the internet. They're over here. They're doing electronic things and um, email marketing, perhaps. But I still believe in postcards. And guess what? It's just all about branding. And it's about what they see when they carry that postcard from the mailbox to the trash can because i'm not a fool and i know that's exactly what happens to that postcard right right but i'm still really a fan of that and so i would suggest doing some you know doing some farming pick a farm area pick areas that you're interested in that you know well and do some farming wow
0: that's definitely a pretty unique and then like you said i think the postcard is still a really great way to do it like you said like before they get to that mm-hmm. trash can they're still going to read it and still that memorization of your brand and kind of like what you do uh, so i think that's still a very great way to go back i know a lot of agents nowadays that try so many different social media platforms kind of just going cold market all out of the like the place all around the country so just picking like you said like one specific farming area and just working that market and getting familiar with those people as well um and another great thing you said is that this is a recurring theme on this podcast so, like so many newer agents are what we call like secret agents like they for some reason don't want to tell other people that they're in real estate and just like you're talking about, like you can't be successful if people don't know you're in real estate, because those are your leads. Like that's how you make money at the end of the day. So that is uh, such a huge point. I don't know why most realtors like have that fear of like letting people know they're they're a realtor, but for some reason that fear is out there. So
1: mm-hmm. I don't know what's going
0: on, but hopefully they like can start overcoming that fear in their lives. Mm-hmm for sure.
1: Maybe a little embarrassed, maybe they think they don't know enough yet. They don't want to make a mistake with a friend. Yeah. But you know really if it's somebody that you know and if they like you and they trust you, then what they're looking for is is you, the authentic you. And you just put your foot forward and do the best job for them and it should be fine.
0: Right. Yeah, at the end of the day you're just you're just harming yourself by not telling them that you're in real estate. Right. Um, So you mentioned that you want to go out to everyone you know and just tell them you're in real estate. So would you say that most of your business comes from referrals nowadays or you still like buy leads or anything like that? Or like how do you capture most of your leads? So I don't buy leads. Actually, I've never bought leads.
1: Um, So, yes, I would say in general over the 20 years, um, maybe lower in the beginning, but. In general, about 80% of my business comes from referrals or from my sphere of influence. And right now, I would say even more. Um, I did have a pretty good chunk of business for a while that came through my brokerage, through um, agent-to-agent referrals or relocation business through my brokerage. Um, but, you know, that, that comes with a hefty referral fee. And so I, I've changed brokerages since then anyway, but I also cut back on that business. Because I found that there was a lot of reporting requirements, a lot more work involved that really didn't support the client. It didn't hurt the client, but it wasn't supportive to the transaction and to the client. It was supportive of the whole relocation machine. And so they were taking a big chunk of the income, big referral fee. And I was doing all this other work that I traditionally wouldn't have to do. So I steer away from that now.
0: Gotcha. No, that definitely makes sense. And I always point agents away from cat from buying leads as well. I don't know what the conversion rate is on them, but they're super low compared to like postcards, right. like evil marketing, like other stuff like that. So
1: that's right. like a last
0: option kind of resort in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your your story is pretty cool because you were in the industry for about 20 years, like you said. So that was like 2003, you entered it. Um, mm-hmm. So fast forward to like 2008, we had that huge real estate recession. So can, can, can you walk us through like what that was like for you and how you kind of managed to be an active agent through those couple of years that were obviously such a tough time for like the economy and real estate in general?
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this exact question because I thought it might come up. So I was thinking about, wow, you've worked a long time and look, you worked right through that recession. So what I can remember, because I can't remember exactly, you know, what I was doing to generate business at that specific time other than what I do in general. But what I was thinking about was, and I think it was probably right in 2008 when I started to get really worried, was that I made a decision. And that's all it was. It was a decision. And it probably came advice from my management or coaching. I've always done some kind of real estate coaching. So it might have come through a coach. But And the decision was that you know there's always business out there. There are always people buying and selling homes. There was plenty of business. Yes, we were in a recession. Yes, things had really slowed. But there was plenty of business. And there wasn't any reason why I couldn't have a very successful year. And so I just made that decision that that was a fact and I just worked. I just did what I did on a daily basis. I, you know, made my calls or I wrote my emails or I contacted people. And I, when I was with my clients, I I worked hard for them and did a really good job for them. And at the end, I remember at the end of the year is funny because um, by today's standards, it probably wasn't such a great year, but at that time, um, I was the top agent in my office that year, top individual agent. Wow. And I remember another agent coming up to me and asked me, well, well, how did you do that? What did you do? And I thought to myself, well, I think it's kind of funny that I'm the top agent. Cause I'm wondering like what happened to all the rest of you guys? Cause you guys usually really outshine me. So I don't really understand. Right. <laughs> it wasn't that I had done m- more production than other people had done in the past. That wasn't the fact. So it was really interesting. And, I think like 90% of it is all in your head and it's what you believe. And if you believe there's business out there, and if you believe you're going to be successful, then you are. And if you believe, well, the market's down and there's not any business and we're in this big recession and it's not going to go, well, that's, what's going to happen. You know, you're going to, you're going to make it true. And I, so that's what I learned that year was that it's just really 90% of it is your mindset. Wow,
0: that is such an important piece to note right there, and I agree one hundred percent. Like you said, like if you think you're going to be successful, you are. If you don't think you're going to be successful, you're not going to be. It's all starts with that mindset, and that is so crucial. And so, mm-hmm. like from a macro point of view, like yeah, that we might have been in a recession for, like for the whole United States, but in the micro point of view, like you could still do your same things, operational stuff every single day to still get those mm-hmm. leads coming in. So I'm assuming like you didn't change anything dramatically during those years or anything. You kept on doing what you were normally doing, and then business would just keep flowing. And am I correct on that?
1: Yeah, you are. You're correct. And I think that, you know, I talked about my postcards. I think I did cut back some of my mailings and cut back on some of my expenses. And I think mostly that's fear, right? Because, Oh, I'm spending this money and I might not be making as much money. And so I think that I did. I think that um, today I would probably try not to do that because then I needed to rev it up again. And I did. Um, But I I think I would probably try not to cut that back or at least not cut it out. At some point, I think I did cut it out completely. Maybe I do, you know, space things out between different marketing efforts, but I probably wouldn't stop it as stop it the way I did.
0: that. Gotcha. And before we move on to the next topic, I'm kind of curious, like how many postcards do you send out like per day or per week or whatever metric you use for that? Um,
1: I I don't, I don't send a a tremendous amount right now, um, but I send about, for 450 or so, not a whole lot. And I send them every two to three weeks.
0: So you send so about 450 manual, every two weeks? I send
1: it, Every two to three weeks, I send about 450 um, postcards, yeah.
0: Wow. And do you hand yeah. handwrite all of them? Oh, no, no, no,
1: no. So it's just a branded postcard. It's a just listed okay. card or a just sold card or some kind of a message like that. Gotcha. And it's a, uh, it's a very templated. It all looks the same. It's got my logo, my face and the EXP logo and all that. And on the back, I have a testimonial and all my contact information. And then each time I swap out like a property photo and a little bit of a description or whatever it is that I'm doing for that card, if there's a message on it or whatever. So, yeah. so it's simple that. It's very simple. It's just a photo and a message yeah. that I and everything else stays the same. Gotcha. And my yeah. printer is great. So I send it to them and I have a proof within a day and then it goes out.
0: They gotcha. take I'm, care of it. I'm just glad you're not hand running about 500 cards every other No. Time. <laughs> that so much time.
1: No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, So kind of fast forward a little bit. So we just had COVID about two years ago. And so obviously a lot of realtors were kind of struck by that as well. They got to change up their tactics about what's happening to you and really do showings in the in-house, stuff like that. So how did you kind of react to COVID? And do you treat it like the same way like the 2008 recession and like what happened back then? Do you you treat these two events like the same way for your business?
1: That's an interesting question. You know, I think that COVID scared me more than the recession did. Isn't that funny? Because... My kids are older. They didn't depend on me as much. They're in college. That, so I had tuition bills, but, yeah. um, but I think it scared me more. And uh, probably because I think that for a month or two, like March, April into May, you know, my business basically came to a standstill. Hmm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I don't really like this. So, I, you know, the listings that I had lined up, people just kind of pulled the plug and said, oh, wait, we're not going to list right now or you know and the buyers they were like oh we're not going we're not going anywhere we're not going out so um so i think that scared me and then probably around may of 2020 you know as as we got used to doing masks and we you know had some systems and systems for virtual showings and systems for um, hand sanitizer and masks and booties and you know let the realtor lead the way and open the doors and think you know you put together a system of how you're going to show a house and how you can have your house shown. Hmm. Um, then I just talked with my clients about it. But I was never very hard sell with them. If they were ready and they had been planning to list, I could say, well, these are the things, these are the precautions that we can take. And if that eases your mind, then let's go ahead and list because you'll sell your house. But if that doesn't ease your mind, then well, then wait a couple months or wait a little longer. Do what you need to do that works for your situation. Gotcha. And um, and so then it picked up. And once it picked up, you know, I probably had one of the be- my better years in 2020. I just once I started working again in like May or June, it just didn't stop all year long. And uh, it was very successful. And so then my whole philosophy around COVID was to take appropriate precautions and then and live my life to the best of my ability. And gotcha. that's how I have treated it.
0: Gosh, no, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It, it seems like it's worked out for you because like it's one of your best, best years. So that's pretty impressive because I know a lot of realtors where it wasn't one of their best years. So congrats yeah. on that. Um,
1: I worked hard to upgrade my skills in terms of being able to do a virtual open house or a virtual showing. And then I found that in my business with the clientele that I had, I didn't really need to do any of that. It probably wasn't until the last year that, you know, I did, well, I probably did one or two virtual showings that summer for one of my clients, but that was basically because they were out of town. And when they came back to town, then we were back to doing in person again. So, gotcha. and, but, you know, those are skills that have all good and helpful for me and I, I've used them. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, That
0: makes sense. And I'm um, kind of going off of that. So off of COVID, obviously markets have become crazy. It's a huge seller's market. I mean, I've seen yes. homes that are going up for like 50K over price and it's just, Crazy stuff that's going on, a lot of people are saying that this could lead to like another housing bubble for everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, like, do you kind of see the same projections in that, and like, do you think this market is going to change anytime soon?
1: So I have been seeing some changes in the market already, but they're, and you know, I don't even know if you would call them appreciable, right? Oh, so. For example, some of the homes that I listed this spring might have garnered, you know, 15 to 20 offers, and I got like five or seven. That's nothing to complain about. If you have seven offers on a home, you know, there's nothing to complain about there. But so I have seen some changes. I have seen buyers who've just backed right off and said, look, we don't want to play these games, so we're going to keep waiting. And of course, there's a trade-off because interest rates are going to continue to increase. And so the cost of buying is going to stay the same or increase regardless of price appreciation. But, but back to your other question about a bubble, look, I I don't really see that happening. I don't see that right now. Now maybe I'm wrong and I could be wrong. I think there's a couple differences. I think that lending standards are stricter so that people who are qualifying for mortgages are more qualified. I think that in general, um, maybe not for people who have bought in the last year, but in general, I think more there's more equity in the people who own homes. They have more equity in their home than before. Um, I think we have such low inventory that, and we have such high buyer demand that I think that also contributes to this bubble idea. I don't really think there is a bubble because of that. Okay. So um, is the market going to cool off? Yes, eventually, at some point, interest rates are going to really hurt some buyers, right? But the other thing is, and this is my opinion, but people talk about, well, then prices are going to decline. And and again, I don't really see that. I think before we can start declining pricing, appreciation has to slow. So if we had 15% appreciation last year, so maybe we're slowing to 10%. Now we're slowing to 5%. Now, you know, the customary historical appreciation, three to 5%, well, maybe we'll fall to three or even lower, but that doesn't mean that prices are going to decline. I think right. there's a long way to go before we get to that. And right now, I don't anticipate that that will happen. Gotcha. But gotcha. I don't have a crystal ball. So right. right. none of us do. Yeah, we can right. only guess and hope.
0: Um, right. Let's be sure that we're not going to be in a bubble from what you've said. So, that's, that's nice to know. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. Me too. Um, so before we run on time, I just a couple more questions for you. Uh, so one, kind of like looking at your future, like what are some of your big goals that you hope to get accomplished in like the next couple of years?
1: Well, really, I was thinking about this too, because I listened to some of your other podcasts and I said, oh, what if you ask me that question? Um, I, I came up with three things that I'm, that I'm looking to do. One is to kind of really shore up my retirement, right? Because someday I'll want to stop or at least slow my real estate career. So I'm looking to shore up my retirement. One of the ways that I wanna do that is to buy some more investment properties. So I have an investment property. I'd like to buy a couple more. Eventually I like it to the point where my investment properties are paid off and that the income that they're producing is supporting me. So that's one of the things I wanna do. Another way to shore up my retirement is probably to build more of a revenue stream. and, And I'm hoping that I can do that through eXp. So that's the other thing, one of the other things that I'm looking to do. And then I'm always continuing to, you know, kind of grow my business. I want to grow my business. So I'd like to do a little bit more. I can do more. I can handle more business right now. So I'd like to. And, um, and so I look forward to, you know, next 10 or 12 years doing more and more business. Yep.
0: I love those goals. I think they're very good goals as well. I think that's that's smart. You know, you've got to prepare yourself in the future. Um, and so before we hop off, is there anything else you would like to say? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you again for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you can reach me. My my, my, um, my primary market is in the Annapolis, Maryland area and the surrounding city, Severta Park, Arnold. And you can find me on the web. It's KathyGazzo.com, Kathy with a C, Gazzo, G-A-Z-Z-O. My email is Kathy at KathyGazzo.com. Very easy. And my cell, 443
0: 223 1570. Awesome. All right, guys, we have it. Kathy Gazzo, thank you so much for joining me today. No way that we go is a one way Nothing that-